to another episode After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. My special guest host tonight is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Heather, how are you tonight? I'm fine, Rob. Good, good. So, Heather, getting off of your holiday, Rush Hashanah. How was it? It was good. Thank you, Rob. As we say, Shana Tova, Happy New Year. And it's the days of awe now, the period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, when we Jewish people are supposed to uh, reflect on the year, um, make amends for any hurt we've caused, and give charity and say prayers that we and all the people we care about be sealed in the book of life for the coming year. So I said prayers for you and Andrew, and um, you know, I, I, here's hoping for a good year ahead. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. We hope you said prayers for the country as a whole, because we definitely need it with everything that's going on. We know that the General Assembly is now in session at the UN here in New York City, and that means gridlock traffic. If you're coming mm-hmm. to New York City, which is an island, is gridlock traffic all on the Upper East Side, I think, because we have all the dignitaries that are there. But it was interesting to find out that the of all the permanent members of the UN, mm-hmm. only member that was present was the United States. Biden gave another one of his rambling speeches before the UN. Mm-hmm. Uh, UK, France, Russia, and China, they weren't present. India wasn't even present, but India isn't a permanent member. But it speaks volume to me, Heather, as to how these countries, either they don't respect our interests anymore, they don't respect our power on the global mm-hmm. stage, or they don't respect Joe Biden. And I would say that it's one and the same, because you would think that these world leaders mm-hmm. would have been present. Now, some people would say, well, Putin wouldn't have been present because the Hague has issued an arrest, an arrest warrant for him mm-hmm. because of the uh, cr- uh, crimes against humanity in Ukraine during this war. But I would submit to you that the United Nations is a free zone area. And had he come to the United States, he would have been protected. We wouldn't have been able to arrest him because it has nothing, I think it has something to do with international land or something, but they couldn't have arrested him. So it still begs the question, why didn't he show up? More so, why didn't China, why didn't Macron show up? Why didn't the prime minister of UK show up? This is a slap in the face. And had this been Donald Trump and had this happened, the media would be all over it. I'm sorry, folks. The media is the enemy of the people. There are some good media outlets out there. It's like After Dark with Robin Andrew, the New York Post. But then there are the others that have a huge reach and a huge grasp as to the way we think and what we hear. And they're manipulating the news. And it's the most unfortunate. And Heather, they got to be shut down. They got to be shut down and taken over by people that are fair and balanced, because this should have been reported on the same way North Korea recently met with Putin. Well, I mean, I I don't think the answer is to shut down speech, you know, shut down any outlets. But I think we need to get in there with alternative perspectives. As you know, I think that it's very dangerous that Americans are given very, very one-sided information about so many things. Um, As you know, I have deep concerns about the 
Ukraine-Russia policy and have from the start, I feel that there is absolutely no larger perspective. Um, you know, we are even the way the mainstream media uses words to describe it. You're not allowed to even suggest that there is any Russian perspective. And now I, I personally do not believe in any war that isn't a war of pure self-defense. And that applies to everything. I, you know, I, I don't, don't agree with what Putin did here at all. But I do think that there was no need to insist on this uh, NATO point. And I think our diplomats and our uh, military industrial people and the top people who are pushing this, you know, as you know, Rob, from the start, I have been very concerned that pushing and pushing and pushing this, that's not to say that Russia is justified. However, that, you know, it's like you don't want to push a bully unnecessarily. And I think that Americans, as an example, have not been allowed to have these conversations and this, this debate about whether that's really important to us, whether it really is necessary to us and our security as Americans that Ukraine be in NATO. Okay, that's one thing we know Putin badly wants. And it's something that really does not affect the security of any American. I'm sorry, it doesn't. You know, if you want to. So, I mean, the point is, the point is that I think that we have been denied a broader perspective. I think that the mainstream media, the establishment media has just hammered, hammered home this extremely um, uh, jingoistic kind of war fever uh, regarding this conflict. And, you know, it's nothing against the Ukrainian people. I know they're suffering. I feel bad for them. But we're not talking about only that. We're talking about the larger picture and being allowed to have conversations about what really are, are the elements in play, what are the ways to look at this, and what might be possible solutions short of a, an endless sort of quagmire that has no resolution anytime soon. So, you know, I think that at the UN, we're seeing um, a lack of respect for America. I think that this whole idea that um, this this only one way of viewing the world and, and this idea that we have to get involved, not only involved, but, you know, make this open-ended military thrust and push on the other side of the world clearly is not being viewed as a sign of strength. And I don't think it is honestly, any more than I think the Vietnam war was. I think there may have been good intentions. There may have been a moral argument, but ultimately we've seen these, these messy interventions fail. And I think that this is just one example of, why we need a more open discussion in the media. We need um, to have a lot of voices. We can't just have this corporatized, this unholy alliance between media and government, specifically the Democratic Party, because whether we're talking about the science around uh, COVID and vaccinations, whether we're talking about the Russia-Ukraine war and American involvement, whether we're talking about... Uh, 
riots that we were told were really peaceful when we could see with our eyes in some cases and places were not. You know, a lot of times the media is spinning things and people deserve to have the whole truth. I'm with you, Rob, but we have to just keep getting out there and and doing our little part to to have these discussions. Definitely, we have to do that because I was watching Biden the other day when he was on the world stage and he was talking and you could just mute your TV and you can imagine what he's saying. And that's the reason why I would think that China, UK and France decided not to show up during the opening of the General Assembly uh, because they knew that what Biden had to say was going to be the same old mumbo jumbo. And then for him to, during his speech, to try to once again rally the other countries to support this war in Ukraine that is never ending. We don't even see pictures anymore. I mean, I think that the entire country has been obliterated. Yeah. And then he uh, uh, picks this one woman uh, who is uh, a part of the Pritzker family to head a delegation there. And she, in turn, is bringing all of these business CEOs to Ukraine because now they're probably looking at, okay, this is how we can profit of rebuilding this country. And we're just going to make a complete mess because whenever we go in and try to nation build, it becomes disastrous. So all this money, billions of dollars. And just imagine, we just, in our own country with Hawaii, had a bad situation with the fires. Yeah. Just in Florida, we had a hurricane. And still, East Palestine, Ohio, Biden is yet to go. And we, those people don't know if they're drinking poisonous water or not. But Biden can sit down and he can rally the troops and rally the entire world to give billions of dollars to Ukraine. And why are we helping them defend their borders? Why isn't the UK doing it? Why isn't France, why isn't Germany? Why is the United States reaching way overseas when we have a crisis here at our own border? You have the Democratic mayor of New York City saying, this will destroy New York. This is not sustainable. But a year ago, he was saying, oh, bring them all. We're sanctuary cities. Look at Chicago. We have problems here. But you have so many people that are willing and ready to defend Ukraine. Oh, we've got to do this, and we've got to send more money. We've got to send money. We've got to money, money, money. What about our own country? Biden said nothing about the immigration crisis. Biden is in New York staying here for almost a week, I think two blocks over from the crisis that his administration created at a five-star hotel with immigrants, illegal immigrants all over. But Biden won't say anything about it. Biden won't go visit. He created this. He started this fire. Well, I mean, he certainly exacerbated it. I mean, let's face it, it's been going on for many decades now. But I know the numbers are growing. It's Astronomical. Yes, and it's not surprising because people have been incentivized. Basically, Rob, I think we pretty much have an open border at this point. But the Democrats don't have the courage of their convictions. They don't come out and say that they believe in open borders. That's what this is. So, you know, it's a hypocritical and mixed message. We're, we're at once supposed to be upholding this, this border and laws about how you're supposed to immigrate here. But when people disregard it, 
you know, we just, we let them through and the people who are tasked with trying to enforce the border are vilified. And it really, it's, it's, it makes no sense. Um, and it's another example of democratic policies that are illogical, um, as is the Ukraine war. I'm sorry for the Ukrainian people, but I've said this before. America is not likely to win a war with another nuclear power in that nuclear power's own backyard. Um, you know, I mean, we didn't win the Vietnam War either, but at least that wasn't in anybody's back. I mean, that was Southeast Asia. It wasn't formerly part of the Russian Empire. I'm not saying Russia should have been involved in that either. They were trying to spread communism. But frankly, I think there was more reason for us to be involved in that um, because we had a, a treaty with the South Vietnamese and there were people being robbed of their property and it wasn't Russia's backyard and formerly part of their empire. And we still lost because the truth of the matter is we weren't prepared to go to World War III over it. We weren't prepared to fight an endless war and endlessly send Americans to die for it because it isn't our land and it wasn't our people any more than this is. And um, I think that um, this, I mean, I just fail to see what the logical outcome. And I, and now I see Biden saying something about uh, that carving up Ukraine would be unacceptable, which is even worse as far as I'm concerned, because it's like he's saying that there's no, um, you know, if we allow Ukraine to be carved up, is the independence of any nation secure? Okay. Basically, what that signals to me is it's like it's sort of a, a pre-declaration that there won't be any negotiating possible. Now, look, I mean, if, if Israel can carve up pieces of itself, and Israel is a much tinier country than Ukraine, which has been attacked again and again and again by bloodthirsty enemies, I mean, Israel at times has been hanging on by a thread and, you know, no enemy was too evil for Israel to to shake hands if it meant peace. OK, so I failed to see where, um, you know, making this declaration that, you know, any any kind of compromise is going to be the end of the world to every sovereign nation. Um, you know, I think that that's <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it is that this particular, I mean, I'm sorry for these people, but, you know, there are all kinds of people who've had to make compromises in, in the world just to exist with their neighbors. And I don't, I don't understand the absolutism, um, you know, with regard to this particular situation where the whole world is supposed to just endlessly fight until, as you said, Rob, there's absolutely nothing left of that country out of some kind of principle, but that principle doesn't apply with regard to Israel or the English and the Irish or uh, the Serbs and the Albanians or all any of the other people who have have come to you know things have come to some resolution that isn't absolute. I mean, you know, I mean, to me, this is just this is just some kind of a a, a um, madness i mean it's like there's there's just this this war fever that there's never going to be an end and i i don't i just simply do not see 
um, how there's going to be some kind of perfect solution. They're expecting Russia to turn around, I guess. But I mean, for various reasons, I really, that would be nice. That would be great. But I, I predicted a year ago, it wouldn't happen anytime soon. And I'm going to predict that again. You know, this could go on for another two, five, 10 years, or it could escalate to a nuclear war. I'm saying it right now, for various reasons, it makes no sense to think that Russia's turning around. So, I mean, unless people are prepared, God forbid, to send their children to die for the Donbass, I think we need to start thinking pragmatically about how to make some kind of a deal and salvage what is um, salvageable for these Ukrainian people. I agree wholeheartedly. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We're up against a commercial break, but we'll be back to continue our discussion about the UN, the General Assembly. I also want to get your thoughts, Heather, on the latest Trump controversy and what he said about liberal Jews. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Thank you. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Hey everyone, this is Nurse Kimberly Overton from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminish, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, we can start restoring and revitalizing our body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and I can attest to seeing fantastic results that have included better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports our immune system and enhances our body's natural ability to repair itself. It's promoting overall well-being so that we can start experiencing a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of our health by harnessing the power of ASEA. Visit our online store at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% today. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. So we're back for another session of After Dark, or, or second half of After Dark with Robin Andrew, and my special guest host, Heather Robinson. When we went to break, we were talking about the General Assembly and Biden giving up, giving his speech, and how the other permanent members of the UN weren't present. 
which to me just signifies that they don't respect Biden. They don't respect the U.S. as our superpower. And I mean, when you even before the U.N., we saw North Korea meeting with Putin and the media said nothing about it. They pretended as if though it didn't even happen. We have China, Brazil, India and Russia forming a new currency along with Iran, BRICS. And the media is like, oh, there's nothing to see here. We have Biden giving unfreezing money to Iran, billions of dollars. And then Biden is telling us, well, we're going to monitor what they do with it. But when then you have the supreme leader saying, we can do whatever the hell we want to do with this money. He can't tell us what to do. And we know what they're going to do. They're going to fund terrorists. They're going to continue trying to get access to nuclear weapon. But the media is telling us, oh, Biden is the smartest person out there. We need him for such a time. By the time this man gets out of office, the United States would be so weak. I mean, I can't believe, Heather, that people would have so much dislike for a party that they would be willing to just sell away their entire life to an imbecile. And that imbecile is Joe Biden. Granted, the media has done a fantastic job labeling the Republicans as being racist, white supremacists, and they don't like you. But we're the party that's trying to sustain America. We're the party that wants to keep the American dream alive. The Democrats have become the party of the elite. And if people would only stop and look at this, they don't care about you. They don't want to care about you. It's rules for thee, not for them. Look at Hunter Biden, how he's getting away with basically murder. He should be in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one wants to say anything about it. Everyone wants to say, but he's your. But if you had a son and you love your son, it doesn't matter. This is all being done at the detriment of our country. So they're laughing at us. The rest of the world is laughing at us while the Joe Scarboroughs, Mika Brzezinski, fake news CNN, they're spinning, and Rachel Maddow, Lawrence O'Donnell, the women on The View, they're spinning all these lies, this fantastical world with, oh, this is all Shangri-La, and this is what we want. No, this is not what we want. And black people, do you really want them to destroy the country and then turn this over to you, whereby you will continue to suffer? This is what we're up against. So Biden being at the UN, it's indicative that other world leaders weren't there to hear his ramblings because they don't respect the U.S. anymore. And this has got to change. And I would submit to you, Heather, this is not going to change overnight. It will take years for us to reestablish ourselves. If it's not too late, what do you say? Yeah, I think you're right, Rob. Very well said. I mean, that people are so dedicated and and brainwashed to believe that the only way to be a good person or care about your country and about minorities and um, human beings is to be a Democrat. I mean, to the point where the fact that very few, really none of these policies is working matters little or not to them. It is a, an alternate world. I have to say, I, I, I respect my, my Democrat friends and, you know, relatives, but I don't get it. I mean, if what you care about is people's well-being, um, you know, minorities, I mean, more young black children. And, you know, I always cite the statistic from the summer of 2020 that it was so heartbreaking, twice the number of, of children died in gunfire as the that 4th of July weekend as the weekend the previous year. It was double the number. I mean, of course, overall, the number is higher 
but that's a sort of that's just a capsule of, of what's going on. Um, more of them are dying because of the crime being out of control, because of the defund the police. We have basically open borders and a tremendous human trafficking problem of women and children um, as a result. I mean, I know conditions are hard in Mexico and other countries, and they would be regardless, but if even one child, and I guarantee you it's many, many more than one, is dead because of being left in the desert, being kidnapped and used in sexual exploitation, you know, how humanitarian is this to have this border be out of control? And it's not truly an open border, so, so you empower organized crime, the cartels and the traffickers, to get people in here. I mean, it's just a mess. And, you know, these liberals and liberal policies, uh, you know, they feel good about being behind this stuff, but they're not the ones. And finally, they are the ones who are starting to see what the consequences are of this feel good, as you would say, you know, liberal policy. I mean, Eric Adams has declared it's destroying New York. As you said, Rob, I mean, where... Where was that that awareness when he basically declared New York a sanctuary city? I mean, it's a perfect example. You know, and I mean, I give him a tiny bit of credit for finally calling it out. I mean, it's right in front of his face, and I guess he feels he can't deny this anymore. But many New Yorkers and people I know, they just, it's like they walk around with blinders on. The city is teeming with the the menacing aggressive mentally ill uh roaming the streets harassing people you see tons of poverty and homelessness filth uh the city has changed drastically but it's like they don't want to connect it with any of their the the people they've elected you know the democrats have a lock on government there and it's you know bad policy i mean you see uh this this what i view as a form of mass confusion and i i do believe there's such a thing as real transgenderism i think it's rare but i think it's a psychological set of issues but i think now it doesn't make sense that it was like a one in ten thousand or one in a fifty thousand thing uh you know 15 years ago and now there are millions of children who say they're transgender. I mean, that it just doesn't make sense that it would be an explosion within a decade because of something that's organic. I, I, I don't think so anyway. I mean, I think that this is also the result of the politicization of something medical um, that's a bad idea um, beyond protecting people's most basic human rights government and political parties don't belong in um, this, these kinds of issues of complicated psychosexual, um, you know, uh, problems. I mean, you know, I think that the point is that the Democrats have, have championed some very illogical, unhealthy and failure, guaranteed to fail kinds of thinking and ideas and they just all they do is cry racism, you know, if you if you point any of this out and they've cobbled together a coalition of people who vote based on this identity stuff. And it just it's just it's like wrecking the country. It's wrecking the cities anyway. And, I, I, you know, and in terms of our international standing, agreed. I mean, you know, another pointless war does not make us look strong.
Um, I'm sorry. I know the howls of outrage are coming because people, you know, some people are sincere and they care about the Ukrainians. But, you know, I would I would submit to them if they really care. Look, like you said, at what is what is happening to that country? I mean, where is the end game? You know, even as a matter of pure common sense, I mean, consider this this war is brought to you by the same people who locked down, you know, the world, the same establishment over over a virus who, you know, uh, are wrecking the economy. Inflation is terrible. Who are telling you, teach your children, boys can be girls and little girls can be boys. I mean, if I mean, they've basically gotten every major issue wrong and. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like I don't know what else to say other than just look around. I mean, how can anybody really get behind it? I mean, I guess that there are people who are just very sweet and very naive and they just pull that lever because they think if you don't, that means you don't care about the poor. You know what I mean? I mean, I get that kind of sincere liberal, but other than those, I don't know who else could possibly vote for this. I mean, it's. It's just, um, it's just an obvious non-starter disaster and a mess. And um, I think that Biden's probably about the worst president we've ever had. And I think it's sad. It is sad. And for you to have the media, again, like I said, to try and shape the narrative that he's doing all these great things. And we see before our own very eyes that this is just not the case. Look at inflation. Look at the border. Can we keep bringing up the border because those are like the two champion issues that we have on our hands. The other day, I was going to my son's school and I was helping out some of the illegals are attending the schools, about like 20 families. But these people, I mean, we're as you said before, we're not without sympathy. And it's unfortunate that they've been caught up in this, this mess that the Democrats have created like you said, has been going on for some time, has now been exacerbated. But it's it's really unfortunate because where do we go from here? We are now finding out that Pennsylvania is saying that when you get your license, you're automatically registered to vote. Well, who have they allowed to get the license? They're letting now illegals to get their license. I mean, we're sanctioning bad behavior. We're saying that it's okay. So when Joe Biden stands on the world stage at the UN, and pretend as if though everything is okay, and we know that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. We know that something is rotten. I mean, this speaks volume as to the country that we are. We have suspended all laws and said, oh, it's okay. They can come in and they can do anything they want to do. And by the way, make sure that you guys all get in lines and pay money to Ukraine. What about the yeah. United States? What, what? Why are they trying to destroy the infrastructure of the United States. What is happening here? I mean, we have let in so many people over the past six years from letting in Afghanistanian refugees, and now the border crisis. Millions of people have crossed the border. And Biden can't say anything about it. He won't go visit. Like I said, he's here in the States. He will not go visit. But the country is falling apart. And the media would have you to believe that, oh, there's nothing to see here. Everything is okay. It is not okay. We were watching TV the other day, and we found and learned that these teenagers in a car drove up behind a retired police officer and killed him. The media won't even talk about it. They're barely mentioning it. And you know why? Because the two teenagers happen to be black. 
They were black, so they're not going to talk about it. If they were white, you would have Gail King on CBS this morning. You would have uh, Oprah Winfrey. You would have Joy Reid. You would have Joy Behar. You would have all the women on The View, everyone on CNN, and everyone on MSNBC talking about it. But it just I so mean, happened. I thought they looked white. But any, anyway, I, I, regardless, it just, it doesn't matter. Regardless, a crime has been committed. And not only that, we found out the other day that there was another police officer who was killed. So Joe Biden stands on the world stage and he says, oh, everything is just peachy king. Just keep writing those checks to Ukraine while our infrastructure is being destroyed. And then we have our representatives that won't say anything, our congressmen, because they're afraid that if I say something, they're going to label me a white supremacist. We have got to get beyond that. We have got to destroy that term. We've got to eradicate it because now everything is racism. And they know that this is how we're going to shut you down. Meanwhile, on the Senate, we have Chuck Schumer, who's decided we're going to suspend the dress code all for John Fetterman so that you can wear whatever you want to wear on the house of this on the floor of the Senate. Now, okay, you don't have to wear a suit and a tie, business casual, but wearing sweats, and this is the country that we want, and this is under the Democrats. And I say to my fellow Republicans, if you don't stand up and start calling this mess out and call it out over and over again and remind people who has who have created this and where this all started – they will throw it in your lap the same way they're saying that defund the police is your problem and that you're the ones who want to defund the police. We've got to wake up. We have got to do better because, Heather, this does not look good and it will not end well. When you have the U.N., the General Assembly, in session and you only have one of the permanent members present and the others are out, meanwhile, that permanent member is begging for money for Ukraine a country that's not even in our hemisphere, not even here in the United States. It makes absolutely no sense how far we have fallen. And like I said, North Korea, look at Kim Jong-un. He went to visit uh, Putin on a train, and no one is saying anything about it. It's like, oh, there's nothing to see here. There's wow. ne never anything to see here, but there's a lot to be seen, and it does not look good at all, Heather. You know, Rob... When you said that uh, PA just announced that when you um, register to get a driver's license or ID, you're automatically uh, eligible to vote, you know, it clicked in my mind. I mean, I guess yeah, I know a lot of people feel that that's why the Democrats have pushed all of this illegal immigration for so many years, that they want to change the demographics of the country, that they believe the illegals will vote for them. And I I, I wasn't sure about that because I figured, well, if you're here illegally, it's, you probably can't vote. But I guess along with what you're saying, I mean, if, if illegal uh, immigrants can get a driver's license, correct, I think. So they're calling correct. it. Um, In Pennsylvania, they can now. They're allowing illegals to get driver's license. And they're so saying because they need, right, yeah, they need to be able to get to work. So, you know, it's like now, you know, it's, it's not a stretch to see that the establishment Democrats, all the so-called compassion that underlies this push to open the border, it, it, they think it's going to benefit them at the uh, polls. I, I'm, I'm speculating, you know, so, I mean, that, that could be a big part of what's going on and what's been going on and 
you know, you're great at following the details, Robin, and I hadn't quite realized, but yeah, I see Pennsylvania will now automatically register eligible voters when they get a driver's license or ID card, Governor Josh Shapiro announced Tuesday. So, you know, I think that, that the Democrats are probably figuring that most of the people who are here illegally will vote for them. And so you see that's, that's uh, a window into the motivation. But that's what they're thinking. And that is a reason why, like I said, we have a lot of them here, illegals. I don't know. They, they should not be made citizens. Absolutely not. We just can't grant amnesty for all of them. But at the same time, Republicans had better start looking at this issue and saying, how can we make hit waves into this group of people? Because they're here and they're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. So we better devise a plan or come up with something to say, hey, we got to make certain that they understand that we're here and that we're not unsympathetic. What they did was wrong. It's illegal. Although this administration is saying that, oh, it's okay because everything that this administration is doing for the most part, or I won't say for the most part, but it seems to be illegal. They're just making it up like the whole thing. Well, let's erase student debt. Let's see if we can make wave the uh, landlords. They can't. Uh, people don't have to pay rent because of COVID. I mean, and they know that it's wrong. I mean, Barack Obama did something similar also. But see, they don't care because when they have power, they will do whatever they want to do. And that is a reason why Joe Biden felt extremely comfortable getting on the stage at the UN and giving his speech about give money to Ukraine. And everything that we're going through is because of climate change and global warming. And it's also a little bit of racism. We got to wake up. We got to push back. You're tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We're up on a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, as I mentioned, Trump's latest or the latest controversy that the media is trying to drag him into. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news. Delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. The last half of After Dark with Robin Andrews. And as I tease you with, I want to get Heather's thoughts on the latest controversy that the media is creating around Donald Trump. He recently made comments when he was uh, wishing the Jewish people a happy new year, Rosh Hashanah, as Heather had mentioned, we opened up. And he specifically called out the liberal Jewish group 
for saying this is your fault that the country and I'm just quote paraphrasing what he pretty much said and Heather will delve into it. Uh, I hope you're happy with the uh, what, what has happened in the country because this is partly your fault for voting for the Democrats. Now, of course, the media jumped on this and said, oh, he's anti-Semitic. Oh, my God. Oh, look at this. Meanwhile, Joe Biden can come out and say, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And they say nothing about it. They think absolutely nothing about it. Oh, it's okay. Joe Biden can come out and talk about 7-Elevens and Indians working at 7-Elevens. They're like, oh, no, this is actually what he meant. I find it interesting when they try to explain what Joe Biden has said or is saying. And they will over-explain it and say, oh, well, this is what he actually meant. Oh, come on. You can't take him seriously. Whereas when Trump says something is, oh, he said this and you got to take him seriously. And he meant this. And it's so far-fetched. Like this, when he said about taking bleach, oh, he wants us to take bleach. And it's like, are you serious? Are you that serious? But unfortunately, when they put these narratives out there, it works. So the latest is with the Jewish faith. And they have been trying for the longest, Heather, to create a wedge between Trump and the Jewish people. But every time they do it, people remind them, well, you do realize that his son-in-law is Jewish. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. He doesn't like the Jewish people. When they have the, uh, the, I think it was the Tree of Life, the killing of the shootings there, they yeah. try to blame that on Trump. So every little thing that he says, and I don't know if Trump is aware or not that, I mean, some, as I said, sometimes I wish he would just like season his words because everything that he says, they will jump on it and will blow it out of proportion. Well, we know he didn't mean it that way. But now they want to take everything literally. So, Heather, what are your thoughts on this latest controversy that they're trying to drag him into when he made the comments about Happy New Year to the liberal Jews and what you've done to the country? What are your thoughts? Well, he did. I don't think he said what you've done to the country. Well, he said he said that you – something to the fact that you voted for something that could destroy America and Israel, and I hope that you will – you'll reconsider. And it's very Manichaean, very black and white, um, because we know that people vote based on a variety of issues. However, um, I, I do have some sense of where he's coming from. I mean, I think that he feels he's done a great deal for Jewish Americans and for Israel. You know, remember that this is a president who did help forge a peace treaty between four Arab nations and Israel. He signed an executive order that gave Jewish college students um, protection that other minorities have uh, on college campuses against um, harassment or threats against them because they're Jewish and, you know, because they support Israel. He, uh, that was uh, under title... Title 11 of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, and national origin. So it, it um, you know, it, it, it included the national origin provision for, for pro-Israel students who, you know, some of whom had been assaulted and attacked on campus. So he did that. He moved the embassy, the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem and, you know, thereby respected Israel's sovereignty. Um, and, you know, did what, you know, other presidents have failed to do. Um, and, of course, he took a hard line with Iran, which is the number one issue uh, for many people who understand how precarious Israel's situation is. So I think that he feels that, you know, he did a lot in terms of policy and he doesn't understand why more Jewish Americans aren't voting for him. I mean, I am, as you know, Rob, 
Um, I think he's frustrated and I, I don't think he's anti-Semitic. I think he feels he can speak frankly and candidly. He is the father of a Jewish child and grandchildren. His daughter did an Orthodox conversion, which by any standard is the real deal. I mean, she's a Jew. And so, I mean, I think he feels he can, he can speak candidly, you know, that's my take. I mean, you know, as a Jewish American, I, I support him. Um, I feel I get him and get where he's coming from. I mean, it's a little uncomfortable because, you know, you feel, well, would he talk to other groups that way? You know, would he say to African-Americans, um, you know, why are you guys, you know, voting to destroy the country? You know, um, well, he did. He did ask the question. He did say to my fellow African-Americans, what do you have to lose? And yeah. I say the exact same thing. What well, do you like, have to lose? Right. And it seems rude and like, oh, my gosh, I can understand what it's similar in the sense that I think he just it's almost like he's sitting in the living room with us being very blunt and my take on it is that if he were really a, a hardcore racist or an anti-Semite, he probably wouldn't talk like that because he wouldn't think of us as his fellow Americans who he can just dish with, you know, and be real with. I mean, he would be talking, you know, yeah, spewing hatred or he would be, you know, avoiding the whole subject, you know, so as not to bend over backwards like he who does protest too much. But I think that he... You know, he's basically just saying, well, you guys, you know, wake up and smell the coffee, you know. So that's my take on it. I mean, it doesn't make me not want to support him or something. I mean, it's blunt and it's, it's you know, you worry could it be misinterpreted, but I think it's almost like a, he's like, it's almost like he's he's not talking down to us, you know, or condemning it but it, he is condemning the choices of some people in our groups you know and he's just saying you know use your common sense you know well i call it out all the time and i'm and i've always said this and i've been saying it since i've been on this half this platform after dr robin andrew on the america out loud uh dot news platform that i can't understand why black people are so beholden to the democrat party because they have really, they haven't done anything for them. And I think Andrew and I had discussed this on one of our other shows. When you really look at all the presidents that we've had, it has always been the Republican presidents that have come through for blacks. And I don't say African American because I don't see myself as being an African American. Well, my ancestors have been here longer than the ancestors of individuals who came over on uh, through Ellis Island. So I would say I'm more indigenous to America mm -hmm. than most counterparts, most liberal whites. So, mm -hmm. But I always question that. Even you go back as far as Theodore Roosevelt, you look at what Theodore Roosevelt did for blacks. And then we have uh, Franklin D Delano Roosevelt, who had the great, was it the great deal and how he had all these social programs that many blacks, they were they were told by the media that it was for them. But in essence, when Franklin Delano Roosevelt was presented the anti-lynching bill, he wouldn't sign it out of yeah. fear that it would upset the Southern whites. His mm -hmm. wife tried to get him to sign it, and I think it created a lot of a friction between he and his wife because he wouldn't sign it. But then wow. you fast forward, when you look at Eisenhower, and you look at uh, Truman, and you look at some of the other 
Republican presidents who did go out, I mean, way on a, on a limb to protect black people. Though some people will say, well, you look at what Johnson had done, Lyndon B. Johnson. And I was, to be quite honest with you, fooled by that as well, because I said, well, he got past the Civil Rights Bill, but he didn't do so willingly. You know, he had all of these side deals that were going on. And then you look at the comments that he made after it was passed, but then it took Nixon to give it some teeth and to push it forward. And you look at how the media has vilified Nixon. I mean, I too thought Nixon was a bad person, but then I started to read about Nixon myself, with the exception Mm -hmm. of what happened with Watergate and everything. I mean, the media really made him out to be this cruel person. And you know why? Because of the way he looked. And if you were to ask mm-hmm. a lot of black people, they will they will say that white people are racist based upon the way they look. They're not smiling. They have this hard look on their face. And I would submit to you, you have a lot of black people that have a harsh look on their face, but they've been indoctrinated to believe. And it's the way a person looks. If they're not smiling at me, if they're frowning, they, they have to be racist. Or if they're not agreeing with me, they have to be racist. If they don't want to look at me, if they don't want to sit by me, they have to be racist. And it could be a number of reasons why they're not focusing in on you. I mean, I don't believe that white people wake up in the morning time and think, oh, let me see what black person can I offend today. Now, granted, there are some white people that probably have that thought. And there are some black people who have the thought also, let me see what white person can I offend. But overall, to make people think that this is going on, it just makes no sense. So when he made that comment, when Trump made that comment, I thought nothing of it. But of course, the media immediately jumped on it because they wanted to make, again, create a there that was not there. The only there that's there is that Joe Biden is incompetent. Joe Biden either has Alzheimer's or early dementia. Joe Biden has slowed down considerably considering when he entered the White House. Joe Biden has a family that appears to be a corrupt family cabal. Joe Biden's son is a 53-year-old man that the media is trying to tell us is a boy and that we should sympathize with him because we all have issues. I don't buy it at all. But to get people to see that, it's next to impossible because the media has been successful in shaping the narrative. The media has been successful in putting out misinformation, and they've been able to do it by the thing with the things of social media. I mean, and the influence that they're doing. And it's extremely dangerous. I go back to when we opened the show and we were talking about Biden in the UN and giving a speech and who was there and who wasn't there and how the media is making us think that, oh, this is grand. And I think this was Biden's third speech at the UN. And every speech that he's given, he's always peppered it with racism and white supremacy. And he's blamed that on global warming and on climate change. It's like, my God, that is such a far stretch. And people actually have it. You have intellectuals that actually buy into this. Oh, yeah, it's because of racism that we have this. You know what I like to say, Rob? Some things you need a fancy education to talk yourself into. And I think that's maybe what our former President Trump meant when he said, I love the poorly educated. Because, you know, people try to say that's so terrible. But my take on what he meant there is that sometimes the simpler truths are, are, they're not taken away by genuine education, which is a real, you know, instruction in how to think critically and exposure to a range of views and, and knowledge. But an indoctrination type of education can talk you out of and teach you how to fool yourself out of seeing certain obvious truths. 
So I think that the so-called education a lot of people are getting, sadly, and I, you know, I love education. I went to college. I went to grad school. You know, I'm a reader. I'm a critical thinker. I believe in discussion and debate. But as we know, there's not a lot of intellectual diversity or diversity of views in many college environments anymore. And instead of an education, a lot of people are getting an indoctrination. And I think that's what Trump meant when he said, I love the poorly educated, you know, people who are so-called poorly educated, many of them can see that if there's no punishment for crime, there's going to be more crime, for example. Um, and they can see things like if you teach children that boys can become girls and girls can become boys, more of those children might be confused and have problems learning about themselves and their place in the world. I mean, these are very simple truths, and I'm not saying that there aren't complexities in terms of why someone might turn to crime or why someone might have a complex psychosexual um, issue. But none of those complicated problems is going to be helped by throwing out basic law and order and, you know, effort to be even in how you treat people for doing the same things or similar things. Um, none of these complicated problems are going to be solved by preaching to little tiny kids about these, you know, massive problems that, that some, you know, occur in, in some rare cases. I mean, you know, it's like where they found her is the idea that you can take these, these kind of, philosophical ponderings and, and the circumlocutions of thought and turn it into effective public policy. It's like they're, they're, they're taking the world of academia and, and kind of esoteric study and trying to misapply it to the realm of basic governance and elementary education and things that require common sense to work. So I think that that's maybe what Trump meant. I think we need to get back to being quote unquote, <laughs> poorly educated, you know, and to, and, you know, and when he made the comment about the poorly educated, of course, again, yeah. the media tried to jump on it and they say, Oh, he's making fun of you. And Heather, over the past decade, I got to have to admit, it seems as though the uh, tables have just flipped over. Yeah. No, he was making fun. He's making fun of the academics. And the oh, absolutely! Media. But it appears that you know the Republicans, whom the media had always said they were the party of the rich and the famous, and they don't care about the little people. The Republican has become the party of the average man, thanks to yes. Donald Trump, a billionaire, and the Democrats have become the party. So it seems of the elite, thanks to Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And it's just astonishing to see how things have changed. Yeah. And to have a person of Donald Trump's wealth fighting for the little man. And he's planning on going to, I think, to give a rally uh, with the United uh, Auto Workers in support of them. And so many other things that he's done, when he, even when he was in office, how he reached out to like the Second Chance Bill to help blacks get out of jail, and little is said about that. Now, before he became the president, remember, he was 
Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, they loved him. They gave him all of these awards. But then yeah. after that, when he came out speaking the truth, when he spoke the truth about the swamp, when he spoke the truth about the border, and as I <laughs> submit to you again, before Trump became president, every politician dating back to Bill Clinton had said that we need to get control of the border. Chuck Schumer said it, Nancy Pelosi. You can go and Google it. Go to YouTube. Go to DuckDuckGo because they'll probably try to take it down. But they were all coming out saying that we need to control our borders, even Hillary Clinton. But once they realized or they thought that, wait, these might be potential voters, they decided to back down. And as you said, Heather, because they're thinking that these people, they will vote for us. If we do all these good things, they will vote for us. So they have that in mind. So I would say to Republicans, they're telling you what they want to do and what they're planning on doing. What are you going to do to counter it? Because these people aren't going anywhere anytime soon. They're not going back to their homeland. They will be here, so it seems, indefinitely because they're having babies. They're having anchor babies. And are you going to tear away the family from the baby? I mean, we really need to look at, Heather, the, uh, the Constitution that says that if you're born here, you're in automatic citizens. And that happened because of slavery when you had the South, when you had the Democrats trying to say, oh, black people, they're not citizens, so they can't vote. They were trying to suppress the vote. We need to look at that. But they won't look at that. They won't look at the history behind that because they want to use it to benefit themselves. That's how dangerous the Democrat Party has become. It's a party seeking power. It's a party doesn't, that doesn't care anything about the sustainability of our country, making certain that our country stays great. It's just a party about me and what we can do to stay in power. Everything else be damned. Even if we burn down the entire kit and caboodle, we don't care as long as we're in power. And we see that in our large cities all over with the criminal activity, with businesses that are closing down, shuttering, going to other places. And they're saying it's because we can't make a profit. It is happening before our very eyes. But again, the media is saying don't believe it. The same way they're telling you that Joe Biden is doing an excellent job. The same way they want you to believe that the speech he gave at the UN was a powerful speech. The same way they want you to believe that he's in New York and he's raising all this money because all these people want him to run for president. And they love him. And you have to believe it. And because people have become so wrapped up in this and unable to tear away and look at the truth and look at other mediums and say, wait a minute. What aren't they telling me? They're believing it, and they're following just like sheeples. Folks, it's hard to believe, but we're all out of time. I want to thank my special host, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. She also writes for the Jewish Journal. I want to thank her for coming on. Uh, she will be coming back because we like when Heather is on and we're able to dissect the events that are taking place. You're tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. And as my dear friend Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing. Good night. Be blessed.